everybody. Welcome to Long Story Short, the podcast. I'm Megan. I'm Wendy. And today we're going to talk about the jobs of our past. But first, hold on to your butts because I'm going to hit you with a ton of (laughs) housekeeping, but you're going to want to listen to all of it. First of all, if you are not a Patreon subscriber, now is the time. Last week, we dropped our first video episode. This week, we have a bonus podcast episode coming out, as well as the highly requested return of Long Story Short Taste Test videos. Get excited only for Patreon subscribers. You can subscribe at patreon.com slash Megan and Wendy. Next thing you're going to want to know is you know how much we love your ratings, and your reviews. They make us so happy. And it also works in our favor in the Apple podcast system. So if you have left us a rating or review, or if you've been meaning to, this is for you. Leave us a review or go back to your old review, take a screenshot, email it to us at meganandwendy at gmail.com with the subject review. And we're going to give away five Starbucks gift cards to five random reviewers to say thank you to you. Finally, you know you can find us in all of the places. We would love to have you join us on Instagram, where we are at Megan and Wendy LSS. And you can join our Facebook group, which is Long Story Shorties on Facebook. And while Megan takes a breath, I will tell you that <laughs> you can always reach us by email at meganandwendy at gmail.com. And today, I think we have an awesome email from a listener that Megan is going to share we do and i am and it is from ashley who says let me set the scene for you ladies i've been having the worst day for many months now and today was especially rotten so i left work early to wallow in my car on the way home and your trader joe's beauty episode came up on my podcast can i just tell you both what rays of happy sunshine you are because you are you not only brighten my mood i found myself taking the quote wrong turn on the way home and waltzed my personal storm cloud into trader joe's where i basically purchased everything on your recommended list see below for pick or it never happened (laughs) while life is still pretty eeyore worthy at least my face won't be and for that i thank you ladies yay i thank you ashley that's so nice i don't think Anybody has ever called me a ray of sunshine before. So. <laughs> me either. I feel like I walk around with a dark storm cloud over my head, especially this Seriously. morning. I was like, you need to fake it till you make it, girl, because... Oh, no. <laughs> and I'm not really one of those, like, good vibes only people. We know. <laughs> like, bring on the rain clouds. But today was especially heinous, so I am trying to uh, fake it. So, yes, imagining myself as a ray of sunshine does help. I loved this email. I will put a link to that uh, Trader Joe's episode in our show notes, but I will also link our Patreon because we did video for all those Trader Joe's beauty stuff too. So if you need to see what we're talking about, you can do that on Patreon. It was a really fun one. It was. I felt some sort of like synergy between us that day. It was. I did too. And you know, typically everyone knows we record in our closet, but we typically can't see each other. We're audio only, but because we were video, we could also see each other. And we probably should have been on video for this because it was just so nice to like have a conversation. Yeah. Face to video face. Face to video face. Yeah. That was fun. That was fun. Speaking of fun, how was your weekend? (laughs) I had a great weekend, actually. Oh. Beautiful, beautiful weekend. It was a great weekend. Yeah. How about you? It was fine. Uh, until yesterday. Um, I may just cut this all out and jump to my daughter broke her arm 
in a fall on her scooter on oh Saturday. Gosh. She has a buckle fracture, which is super common in kids. It's just basically like a dent in the bone. Um, she probably won't even need a cast because there's not much they can do. They just immobilize it in a sling. But we'll see the orthopedist this week, just to be sure. And, you know, I'm totally bright-siding. I'm like, it's not summer. It's not spring break. She doesn't yeah. have to wear a cast because a cast is such a pain in terms of, like, showering and all of that. Mm-hmm. It's her left arm. You know, there's, like, so many ways it could have been worse. And, of course, I don't want her to be uncomfortable, but um, just kind of one of those childhood things. How did she fall? Look, I think scooters are super dangerous because if you're going at any speed and you hit, like, a bump or a even at like a driveway entrance, like it can go sideways on you real quick. So how did she fall? Do you know? Well, funny you say that. So she hit like a driveway entry. So Ah, what I think happened is there was someone on the sidewalk and her brother was in front and he kind of just like went around the person. So he went into the street a little bit and then back up on Mm -hmm. to the driveway. And she said like she knows to lift up her front wheels yeah when she goes over that little driveway ledge but she says her back wheel caught but she kept trying to explain it and it was like it happened so fast she wasn't totally sure but that's what she thinks happens and i could totally see that because they their scooters are the ones with like the bigger wheels Uh uh-huh which do ride a little bit more smoothly i will say but um they still can catch very easily it's not like a bike tire yeah Um, and she just went down on her arm and I know, it's a bummer, but... It is such a bummer. It is, like, all things considered, I was not looking forward to going to urgent care. That was super easy. It's a really... And w- even when we were there, they're like, I don't think it's broken, but we're going to take an x-ray just to be sure. And then the x-ray tech goes, oh, that's concerning. <laughs> but he's not allowed to tell you anything. So they, like, send you back to the room. And uh, I can't believe he said that. I mean, I've seen a lot of x-ray techs in my day, and they yes. don't usually say stuff like that. They're usually, yes, stone-faced, right? Yeah. Uh, I was surprised he said anything, too. But, yeah. So at that point, I figured, oh, something's broken. But they didn't actually think it was her arm. They thought it was her shoulder based on where she was experiencing Oh, my God. Yeah. But lo and behold, she had a little bit of a break. So I am glad we took her in. I'm glad we didn't make her wait around. Even though there's not really, nothing really changed. We still would have, you know, kind of kept it immobile. There's not really anything we can do. Well, the orthopedist you're going to see, too, is going to take another x-ray to get a real good look at it, you know. Yes, they did send us with the x-rays, but my guess is that the orthopedist will take his own. Mm -hmm. Well, he did have to redo her x-rays. Exactly. And also, their x-ray machine seemed like super old. They were like sliding plates into it. I'm like, is this not all digital? Like when we go to the dentist, it's digital. They're not like sliding plates into it, right? Totally. very bizarre. I was like, I thought x-rays were digital now but apparently not at this urgent care well they were lovely there i don't want to knock them but um that i think think they're more capable of handling like you know the flu and that kind of stuff anyway that was our weekend i'm sorry i don't wish a broken arm on anyone that's a crappy weekend. I spent yeah. my weekend in a ho- in a hotel, and it was Tell very me about nice. It. I mean, you know what? It was so nice to get away. We uh, were out of town for soccer, and before you even ask, yes, I know that sports technically aren't allowed in California. Later this week, they will be. Um, but we uh, went to a soccer tournament that was played on native land so california rules don't apply there 
We stayed in a hotel and it was lovely. It was just lovely to get away from the everyday inside of your home. Did you have room service? Oh, no, 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 no. We were like in uh, like villas, you know what I mean? So like there was no... So, which was Shadow Ridge? Where'd you stay? That's exactly where we stayed. Uh (laughs) Uh, What was really nice is because, you know, there's like some autonomy there. Like, you're Mm -hmm. in your own space and you have your own kitchen. So, you're not really like inside a hotel building. Yes. Which you have to make your own coffee and keep your own refrigerator. Yeah. It was so great. And because I snore, my my family. my family, my husband ponied up for a second bedroom because nice. <laughs> they got your put... kid on the pullout couch in the living no, room. No, it was like a two bedroom. Oh, she, so it she has and like him slept in one bedroom and I slept alone in the other bedroom because nice. nobody wants to sleep on the pullout couch. Come on, especially if we haven't gone anywhere in a year, uh, we want to sleep in a proper bed. So yeah, and usually that second bedroom has like two double beds. Yes, exactly. So hey. You got the king bed all to yourself. Yes, I did. It was, I I mean, I woke up the next day and I was like, I slept like a damn baby. It was awesome. We'd had no dogs. I was it just going to say no dogs. <laughs> it was fan-freaking-tastic. My dog woke me up three times last night, so I'm super jealous. Man, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's all right. I'm just, I'm in that kind of mood. I need to shut it down. It's all right. Well, I'm happy for you. I would love, I just keep dreaming of like being in a hotel and being away and. It's coming. It's coming. I was like dreaming of like buying fun vacation clothes. <laughs> like that would look cute on vacation, which is totally ridiculous because vacation is a week and then like the rest of my life is 51 other weeks and I have to wear those clothes. But I like plan my clothes on like what would look cute and my vacation photos. Yes, of course. It's been a while. Uh- it's okay. Make a dream board. What are those called? Oh, a vision board. A vision board of all your outfits you want to wear. Um, speaking of planning, so I'm in like a phase of life where it feels like nothing ever gets done. Like I walk downstairs, I'm like, this house is dirty again. There's a mess again. I need to sort Mm -hmm. through this pile again. Everything's again, again, again. And I know that's just how life is, but sometimes that feels like bigger than others. And in one area that's really bothering me, (laughs) this is so ridiculous. So feel free to roll your eyes. But I feel overwhelmed by the number of unwatched TV shows and unread books in my life. Okay. (laughs) And this is not like a, when it comes to books, like this is not like a, there's so many books, I can't read them all. It's like an actual, I have all of these library books and there's an actual ticking clock because I can't keep them forever, even though the library is not doing overdue fines. It's like, kind of a dick move to not return them because other people would like to read these books as well and then pro tip if you're a kindle user if you put your kindle in airplane mode your books will not go away and they do become available at the end of your loan for the next person to read so you're not keeping anybody from getting them but that also means if you have a book whose loan has expired you can't turn your airplane mode back on to download new books until you have finished those or they will go away (laughs) so there's like a lot of pressure and then i got two new books from netgalley which is a source for free advanced reader copies from two authors who I love. So I was like feeling all of this pressure. So I have a very obvious system. And that is that in the notes app of my phone, I created two notes that I pinned to the top. And one is for shows that I would like to watch. It's not like every show. It's like all the ones that are top of my mind right now. And one is for books that I need to get through. 
And it feels so good to just like check them off as I go. It feels like, okay, I am getting through these. I am accomplishing something. I'm enjoying the process, but it like in my mind, it feels very soothing to feel like, oh, I'm getting something done. So those, I've always loved a list. Like I make a list every single day and then I'll like go through the day and if there's stuff that's not on my list that I did, I'll add it to the list. So I feel really good about myself. I... <laughs> That feels like so much pressure. <laughs> I couldn't even do that. I couldn't even make a list of TV shows or books. And no, no, Megan, I need but to know. You, is that? Go ahead. So it's not. I mean, I have a ton of unread books in my house. Those are not on the list. It's like the books I have from the library are on the list. And then the n- books from NetGalley, because I have to review those. Not have to, but should review those. That's all that's on it. Not books that I owned and I can read whenever. And then again, it's not every show, but also I get really stuck with TV. Like I think like many people, we spend more time scrolling Netflix for something to watch than actually watching something. And so if I have this list, it's like pick from this list and just go watch one (laughs) of these shows, make some progress in your life. You know you want to watch this. Starting a new show is really hard for me. I don't know why. Deciding what to watch stresses me out. There's too many choices. What if I pick the wrong thing? Then you turn it off and you start something new. I know, but then I've wasted my time. Oh, my God. So this way, it's like you're not wasting your time. You're working towards a goal. The internal struggle you're having is, I, what? I this can't is, explain this it. Is how we're so but then, different. like, so for example, I stopped watching This Is Us a couple of years ago. But yeah, because I have, it sucks. But okay. <laughs> well, I have missed it. I stopped midway through season three, and I have missed it. And I, I think I just miss out on the discussion of it. And I see the previews all the time. I'm like, what is happening? So I went back, and I'm catching up on that show, or I'm deciding if I'm watching a couple episodes. I'm into it again. Um, We'll see if I get all the way caught up, but it's on the list. All the shows that I want to catch up on. Several of these are shows that I've like started and I'm midway through and I just need the motivation to finish. The completion feels good. Okay. I'm here for you. <laughs> now, I don't even want to tell you about my next thing that I'm doing. <laughs> I'm dying to hear about it. Okay, so I, we talked um, in an episode many, many episodes go about things no one talks about and about how bras are just a tool of the man to keep us down. And (laughs) I'm wearing many bras that are uncomfortable. Many of my bras are not comfortable all day. And I don't, like, I probably need to be fitted again. I don't really want to do that just because it feels like a lot of work. Anyway, there is a bra that all of the influencers love. And it is the Soma... (laughs) endless wireless bra and they were like it total now me i'm a person who needs a wire i need support in my life yes me too but somehow i was sucked into the idea that maybe i don't and i this bra was on sale so i ordered two and i was really excited for my new wireless life here's the problem (laughs) i ordered it in the biggest cup size they make Uh and it's too small no and they only go up to a double d in this particular line so well that's a little bit of intel that's um, on them right but then i think they're saying like if, if you, your cup size is bigger than that 
this bra ain't for you. Yeah. You shouldn't be wearing a wireless bra. <laughs> Get yourself you. a wire. <laughs> I'm wearing it right now because I put it on. I wanted to like give it like a good shot. I knew within five minutes that this was not a fit for me. Um, she doesn't fit right. And I'm so sad because I think if it were cut better, it might fit. I don't know. It's the wrong fit. I'm really sad about it. I need to take the plunge. I was listening to Forever 35 and Kate talked about doing a virtual bra fitting. That sounds terrible. It does sound terrible. But what's the <laughs> alternative? Like a real bra fitting sucks too. I don't like to go to a real bra fitting because I'm just uncomfortable with somebody like being up in my Same. biz. But I'm not going to show my boobs on Zoom either. Yeah, I don't know exactly how that part of it worked. I mean, I don't think she was ever like less. Yeah. But I think they help you like figure out how to measure yourself correctly. And then they send you bras based on what you would like. Oh, it's like the Warby Parker model, huh? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I just need a bra fitting. I need a bra fitting in my life, and I don't enjoy the process. I know, like, I just, I don't want to be without my shirt on. No, I don't. Look, I think we should go together. We have a mutual friend who told us somewhere locally we should go. We'll just double mask up and go, and then I think we should put it on our Patreon. Oh, my gosh. I mean, we're not going to be... <laughs> We're not going to be topless on our Patreon. I'm just, I mean, we're going to lose subscribers if we do that. But I'm just saying, if we... I was going to say, you're going to get the wrong kind of subscriber. Hey, it's not an OnlyFans account. I'll t- <laughs> That's funny. I just watched a documentary about OnlyFans. Anyway. Oh, tell me what it's called. I I can't recall right now, but I will link it in our show notes. I, I'll send I you a like text later. That. I only kind of know what it is because everyone talks about it. It just well, feels like... I don't know. My biggest takeaway from it was that um, it's not just, uh, I think it initially started out for like sex workers, but it's way beyond that now. And I think like influencers are using it yeah, to make money. So uh, that yeah. will not be our next diversified stream of income. <laughs> no, it won't be. But I'm what I'm saying is I think we should like document our experience for profiting. For our Patreon subscribers. Life's too short for uncomfortable bras. I will say that I have purchased um, several, like, lounge-type bras, and that's pretty much what I wear exclusively at home. I'm not getting, Are like, a those ton of wireless? Yes. Oh, okay. um, they're kind of like a sports bra style, but they're not, like, as constricting. Like, they're not trying to hold everything, like, in place for a running situation. And I wouldn't wear them out because they don't give me enough support, really. I don't like to be braless ever. I'm not, it's not my thing. I'm not like, come home, take off my bra. That does not me no, I hate appeal it. to me. So I have found a couple, um, I'll share them in the link store show notes, a couple comfortable bras that I like for around the house. And like, if I'm just like running to pick up a kid from school, I'll wear them. They're just, they're not replacing a real bra for me. But given the amount of time I spend like at home and in loungewear, they're great. Here's my takeaway from this conversation, Megan. Mm. I think you need to stop listening to influencers on Instagram (laughs) on where to buy your bras. (laughs) I'm just saying, if people don't understand, there are influencers making a lot of money shelling out these products that they may or may not actually be invested in. 
I will tell you that this bra has about a 10% commission on reward style. It's uh-huh. pretty good. If you watch a lot of Instagram, you know that there are products that certain influencers shill over and over and over again. And part of the reason, like, the influencers shill Tula like it is the second coming is because, A, it has a super high affiliate program, has a super high payout, and they, like, treat their influencers really well. They send them a ton of free product. Same thing with, like, you've seen Red Aspen Nails. Uh, no. <gasps> oh, my gosh. I'm guessing those are, like, the, like, sticker nails or whatever. They're press-on nails. Okay. Um, but they're apparently, like, way better. And they're also, like, super big in, like, the Mormon mommy blogger community. And they're basically an MLM. And then now there's Modare, which is liquid collagen, which, by the way, costs $125 a bottle. And a bottle is a one-month supply. No. Stop it. Yes. And they're like, stop it. Yeah, I don't love the price point, but use my code and you get $10 off. I'm like, that's still $115 for a month's oh supply gosh. of liquid collagen. Like, there has got to be a better way. I do not care how effective this is. Anyway, they're all. Go to Target and get some vital it. proteins. Yeah. That- and I will never spend $150 on like, liquid collagen, mostly because the powdered collagen that I have is still like 95% full because I'm really bad at taking that sort of Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Anyway, all of this to say, everything is not as it seems. Like, it feels weird to say that as a person who tries to make money on the internet, but... Agree, but that's what I think. Look, we talk the Megan and Wendy approved stuff. All that stuff is stuff we truly like, and we're not just trying to turn a dollar on it. Yeah, we may throw an affiliate link up there, but... Honestly, it's stuff that we like for ourselves, that we purchase for ourselves, that nobody is giving to us. Move cautiously through the Instagram, I'm sorry, through the, yeah, Instagram influencer space. That's all. All right. And that concludes Bra Talk with Megan and Wendy. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back to talk old jobs. Today's episode of the podcast is brought to you by our friend Michelle, also known as C. Lestiel Shell. You guys, if you haven't looked at her shop lately, she has brand new items like drawstring bags. And we have the insider scoop that there are some super fun items coming to the shop. We know she is working behind the scenes and we cannot wait to share with you the new items coming. But in the meantime, have a Kindle, love books. Grab a book sleeve so your books are not covered in the crumbs that are inside of your purse. I am guilty of this. She has beautiful fabrics and she'll even make something custom made for you. So if you want like a table runner to match your house perfectly, reach out. Use the code LSSFRIENDS15 at clestealshell.com, which of course will be linked in our show notes and you'll get a discount just from us. Welcome back, guys. Today, we're going to talk old jobs, jobs of our past, jobs we've hated, jobs we've loved, super embarrassing stories. I have one that I have never told publicly, and I cannot believe I'm going to talk about it now, but I am. Are you excited, Wendy? I am. You know what I'm really excited about? Hmm. Is that I I don't know any of your job history. Like, I know. Isn't that weird? I don't really, I mean, I know like one big job of yours because it like. Same. Yeah. But um, yeah, I don't know like the nitty gritty. So this is exciting. I have a question before we start. Okay. Do you consider yourself currently employed? Um, You know, that's, I see what you're doing here. Um, (laughs) 
I am very uncomfortable when people currently ask me, like, what do you do, Wendy? And then either I'll say, like, I'm just a stay-at-home mom. And then they'll say, oh, but that's such a hard job. And I'll go, yeah, but she's 13, you know, so (laughs) it's not like I'm a stay-at-home mom to a toddler or whatever. Um, And I am hesitant to say, like, oh, I uh, have a podcast or I blog because it just... It feels like a hobby job. And um, so the answer to your question is no, sort of feel kind of like I have a job. I don't know. I agree with all of that on a form. Like if I have to check like unemployed home, whatever, I have to yeah. check like homemaker, which homemaker barf for that <laughs> yeah. word. <laughs> yeah. um, even though the, num- the amount of time I put into like the long story short side of things certainly is job worthy but i will rarely say like i'm a podcaster so every once in a while it's like i work in social media yeah Um, because people are like what do you do with all your time if you have like these older kids right yeah yeah i get very defensive about it sometimes i think it would be easier to be like this is my job i would like a one word answer i think we just need to claim it we just need to yeah dude totally let's just say we're we're well hmm I know, but then what do you say, right? Like, <laughs> I'm a content creator for I'm a digital digital content creator. I don't. No, I know. What the hell does that mean? I hate all those too. I don't know. I'm just gonna start saying like, yeah, I have a podcast and it's blowing up. No, That's I right. <laughs> well, let's take it way back. What was your first job? My very first job that I got, I think I was 15 years old because I had to get a work permit from school. <laughs> I worked at our local dry cleaner. Really? Disgusto. Man, I can smell it. <laughs> right? That's <laughs> awful. My job was basically just to take in like the dirty clothes and then we had to tag them all. Uh-huh. It was Yeah, it was not a great job, but it was a great easy after school job and they closed at seven o'clock and then you were done. So um yeah, that was my first job. What about you? My first job, other than babysitting, because I babysat a lot, a lot. I remember that story with the toy that fell out of the closet. Oh, yeah. So I started babysitting at age 12 and then babysat a ton in college also. But my first job job was also at the age of 15. Right before I turned 16, I worked at the Pottery Barn. So young. Were you on the floor? No, I was like in the stock room. And then... Later, like in the holiday season, I was allowed occasionally to work out on the floor when they needed some people, and I felt like super excited about it. I bet. Wasn't actually that much fun because people are terrible. Working retail is a terrible job. Everyone who does it has my total respect. Um, Retail is not for me. But at the time, we had uniforms at Pottery Barn. Oh. You'd wear a denim shirt with black or khaki pants. (laughs) Yes, ma'am. There are no uniforms at the Pottery Barn now. Okay, I have so many questions. So Megan and I gr- actually grew up in neighboring cities. We didn't know each other, but we lived in neighboring cities growing up. Well, in the same city for a while. Well, growing I up? I in Hills till I was 15. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay, so where was Pottery Barn at? At the main place mall. I worked there up until the day it closed. I was part of the team that packed it up to ship the stuff off to another store. I mean, that's a far drive. 
It's not uh, that far, but for an after-school job, it's kind of a far drive. I mean, you had to get on the drive. freeway, yep. 55 to the 22 was maybe a 15, 20-minute drive. Wow, that's crazy. So I did have a couple jobs at the Orange Mall, which was oh yes, m- much closer, but... The Orange Mall was not a great mall, and they certainly didn't have a pottery barn. No, they definitely did not have a pottery That's barn. That's so funny. So your so you, your mom drove you to work at Main Place Mall? <laughs> very briefly. I turned 16 very early on into my job there. I think only I had to be driven there a couple times, and then I was able to drive myself. But I do remember I had to go to a training, and my dad had to drive me and like had to sit in the parking lot for a couple hours. <laughs> oh, my God. That's so funny. <laughs> Now, how long did you work there for? Because you said when the mall, the mall didn't close. No, that still pottery there, barn right? location closed. Okay. And I would say I worked there five or six months in my mind is how long I worked there. Oh, that is so weird that they hired you before the holiday season and then they closed. I don't know that they knew they were closing, but, you know, uh, they needed seasonal help. Yeah, 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 yeah. In the stock room, and mostly I unpacked boxes and stocked shelves in the back. Pottery Barn has greatly expanded as a brand since when I worked there. Like, there's a lot more furniture now. Mm-hmm. And whether, I don't know at the time if our store just didn't carry furniture or they just hadn't really. We did not have, like, big couches and dining tables. It was a lot of, like, dishes a ton of dishes and then decorative accessories yeah it's come a long way as a brand did you have a worst job i did i did this job um i think i was maybe 17 years old i can't remember if i still was in high school when i got this job for it was the summer after high school but i was a server mm. at a retirement home oh. <laughs> so it was like a restaurant uh-huh. dining room inside a retirement home. I mean, it was pretty terrible because if you've ever worked in food service, like you just know, like it's not great. And it's certainly like we weren't getting tips. It was just we were serving food from the kitchen to the people that now got dressed up and would go to dinner every night. It was terrible, terrible, terrible. And I got fired. Which- oh, no. Yeah. So listen, this is this is what happened. The retirement home was in Anaheim Hills, where I grew up. Well, that summer after I graduated from high school, um, we moved to Huntington Beach. So I was commuting from Huntington Beach to Anaheim Hills. Was it like over at the- Fairmont, like up at the top of that hill? Yes, I think it was called Fairmont something or other. At the time, it was just like very beautiful. It was like mm-hmm. a super nice retirement home. And they had, I remember they had like a separate section for like very ill, uh, what do I call them? People who live there, what would they Residence. be called? Residents. That's a great word for it. Anyway, I was commuting from Huntington Beach to Anaheim Hills and... They let me and, like, two other people go, like, one night after service. And I just was like, they told me that the residents complained that I was mean to them. (gasps) Now, if you know, I would never be mean to someone of a certain age. Like, I was just trying to feed them. You know what I mean? So I think they were just cutting loose a bunch of people. And I I was devastated. I remember I cried my eyes out. Not because, like, I love the job, but because, like, they told me I was mean. Yeah, I would have cried, too. I mean, I was like, that's not true. That's not true. (laughs) Freaking out in the parking lot. (laughs) I mean, a full meltdown. Yeah, that was probably the worst. Just because food service is like hard and 
smelly. I've never worked in food service and have no desire. Although I did really for a long time want to be a hostess in a restaurant. That seemed like a really cool job to me when I was in high school. But... Not I cool. Never, no. I never had the joy. <laughs> <laughs> Me neither. Other than, well, I'll tell you now, I still have nightmares of like trying to feel like I'm trying to serve people and I have a bunch of tables and oh, yeah, I wake up me. in a cold sweat. Yeah, that's awful. It's awful. Uh, when a server in a restaurant takes my order without writing it down, I get break out into like a cold sweat on their <laughs> behalf. Like, what if you forget something between here and putting that order in? Like, a very specific piece of the order. No, no. And then someone's going to yell at you. Not me. I'm not a yeller. Me, I'll take the bad food that I didn't order. Me too. Yeah. And I'll I'll take it and shut up. Yep. Yep. (laughs) But um, I certainly know plenty of people who will send things back and complain and make a scene. So, yeah. So my worst job was immediately, well, it's a tie between my job immediately following Pottery Barn, which is I worked at the White House. Now, if you're familiar with the store, the White House Black Market, that is a merging of two brands and they were separate stores once upon a time. And I had the pleasure of working at the White House, which, yes, was a store that sold all white clothing. <laughs> and look, retail's not for me. Clothing retail's really not for me. Clothing retail where you have to also wear all white while you work there was oh, super not my for gosh. me. The one thing I learned while working there that has served me well is the value of nude undergarments under white clothing. It's not white undergarments under white clothing. You want nude undergarments that will then disappear under white clothing. And of course, nude is a different color for everybody. But that's a tip you should take with you but we were constantly having to like clean makeup out of clothing because if everything's white everything's stained as people were trying it on and we did have a great stain remover (laughs) that we would demonstrate (laughs) but I just wasn't good at it my attention to detail wasn't great as a 16 year old um I would often have to close the store by myself at night dangerous mall yeah nope I did not love as a 16 year old girl. Didn't love it. Um, The job that ties for that also, though, is my freshman year in college. I worked on campus in the payroll department, which is a very boring on-campus job. Like, some people had really cool jobs. I did not. The only thing that came out of that is I met my uh, college best friend and who would be my roommate for the next three years and the maid of honor at my wedding. She and I met through a mutual, terrible, super boring job where they were mean to us, but oh my god, they didn't enjoy us at all. Did you actually get paid, or was it like work? Yes, oh, you got paid. It was technically financial aid. It was like work study uh, on campus, yeah. and that was the only year after that I I didn't qualify, but um, which was fine with me. I babysat, and it was a much better job for the next three years. Uh, speaking of wearing all white, I had so. To prepare for today's podcast, I had written down every job that I ever had. And then you said something about having to wear all white. And I was like, I forgot that job. I worked at Helen Grace Chocolates at at Brea Mall. And at the time, you had to wear all white, white pants, white shoes, white shirt. And then you would wear this brown and white checkered uh, apron Apron? over Uh it. I lasted maybe two weeks at that job. First of all, here was the perk. You could eat whatever you wanted there because you needed to know what the chocolates tasted like, which okay. I loved. Uh-huh. Remember Why the turtles? I, yes. 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 And I'll have a hot tip after this next thing I'll share with you. But I quit because they they had such, they wanted the 
change counted in such a way to the customer. So like if a customer paid $10, she wanted, I remember the manager wanted me to count back the change a certain way. And look, I've never been good at math. And I would like panic when I had to count change back to a customer. It was awful. So I ended up quitting. But I, I could see how that would be stressful. There are some people, like if your change on a $20 bill is $10.50, they'll like count you back up to 20. They'll be like yes. 11, 12, up to, and I'm like, no, 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 no. Just if you owe me 1050, give me 1050. I can yeah. do like, <laughs> I trust you that the math is correct. That's what we had to do. Exactly. And yeah, I was so that, that stressed stress out about too, it. Because my brain doesn't work that way. I'm like, yeah, it was count awful. Back up. <laughs> no, it was terrible. Terrible. Yeah, I ended up quitting. But what I learned working at Helen Grace Chocolates is that and honestly, I don't even know if Helen Grace Chocolates even exist anymore in Orange County. Well, Do it's funny know? that you say that there was a store because I only remember it as being like the fundraising chocolate. Oh, no, there was a store at Brea Mall. And in Huntington Beach, they had a small store, too, which was considered an outlet. And you could go there and buy bags of what they would call seconds. And they were like uh, chocolates that didn't like look great. So they didn't want to have them out in the case. So you could buy like huge big bags of chocolates for like at a super reduced amount. And it was, I just, I love chocolate. I can't, I mean, what can I say? But yeah, hot tip. If Helen Grace chocolates are around still, go in there and ask them if they sell any seconds. I mean, as a child, my, my mom always used to buy me the, like an, it was a Easter egg, but it was like a big, huge, like chocolate Easter egg. And then the middle had some sort of like, like sugar bunny inside. Yeah, yeah, they were special, and they had like I frosting. do remember those. Yeah, I they had these caramel turtles that were like a caramel, some sort of nut inside, covered in chocolate, that I used to really enjoy. Um, what was your favorite job ever? Okay, in hindsight, mm -hmm. it is my favorite job. While I worked it, it was probably my hardest job. But as a late teenager, early twenty-year-old, I worked for Ralph's grocery store yes and i was a bagger we called we were rappers that's what they called us rappers okay uh, it was the hardest job because you were on your feet for eight hours we'd work eight hour shifts on the weekend it was a lot of work but the best part about it was that all the other rappers baggers were we were all the same age so it was so much fun because we would yeah. just mess around and like be stupid but then you know, and we would like hang out after hours together and or off work hours together. It was a lot of fun, but it was the hardest job physically. Did you feel do. pressure to like bag quickly? Of course. Yes, you had that, to. That stresses me out. You had to. And so now even um, sometimes at the grocery store, I'll like jump in and like help. And I feel like I have like a inside knowledge on how to Bag totally. Groceries. We always hated when like people would bring their own bags. I mean, th we're talking like mid nineties. Like nobody brought this their own not a bags. Thing. Right. Yeah. It was not a thing. That was always a hassle. And the biggest hassle would be like a Sunday when it was like super busy, and they'd be like, "I want double paper bags," oh. and that would be that would be awful. But you know, it was fun doing the pushing the carts in was terrible. That was like so hard. Now I think they have like those motorized machines that yeah. they like hook up to and then put no you had to like physically push those carts in and you were not allowed to push more than six at a time but everybody did it because 
there you were didn't probably want to make multiple trips. There was like 200 carts out in the parking lot on a busy day. You know, you would spend a whole hour out there doing it, like rain or shine. That was really hard. Oh, and I worked at Huntington Beach at the time, the store in Huntington Beach, and we were right off Beach Boulevard. I was like 19 years old out in this dark parking lot at 11 o'clock at night pushing Ugh. carts in. Like, sounds super dangerous. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It was kind of scary at times, but also very fun. Yeah, I hear you. I did not like walking to the mall parking lot, like after the mall was closed at night. Yeah. The structure. And my mom was like, you know, someone will walk you to your car. And I was like, I'm not going to call mall security and ask them to walk into my car, mom. <laughs> <laughs> um, and when I worked at Pottery Barn, we were never alone. So we would always walk out together. But when I together, worked at the White okay. House... Often yeah, because you had to close up alone and yeah. count all the cash and drop yes. all the cash and all this. Like, in yeah, front of like a glass it. window, we were like standing there counting yeah. the cash. So Not scary. Great. Yeah, good thing. Luckily at Ralph's, like I, I can't believe uh, I, I maybe worked there three years, maybe not that many. We were never robbed while while I was there, but it did yes. happen. Gosh, yeah. I know. The only exciting thing was like kids would come in and like steal steal like a you know, 12 packs of beer and like run out. That, oh. that would that would be very exciting. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> we had this one guy who was like a high school wrestler and he ran after these kids one time and tackled them into the parking lot and they drug them back into the store. Oh, that's impressive. I would assume they would just be like, nah, that's a loss. <laughs> uh, sometimes they would just be like, that's a loss. But, you know, I don't, it was pretty funny. It was fun. It was a great job. So my favorite job, it feels like I should say teaching because I loved teaching. I felt very at home in the classroom. If I had to go back to a real career job now, that would be the most natural choice. But in terms of the most fun job I ever had, I would not say it was teaching. I My senior year in college, I interned at the L.A. Junior Chamber of Commerce, which is a nonprofit organization that runs basically programs uh, for inner city youth, a variety of programs. And, and their big fundraiser for the year, they raise money in a lot of ways, but their biggest fundraiser for the year is they ran the Nissan Open, which is on the PGA Tour. It's the only, at the time, all-volunteer run uh, stop on the PGA Tour. And it was really cool because I was hired to work in a department where my boss actually quit like a week after I was hired. I don't think it had anything to do with me. <laughs> so they, I didn't have a job. I didn't have anyone to work for. And that was actually fortuitous because I was kind of hired in like the most boring department. And so they just bounced me around wherever it was needed. So I got to work with the Nissan Open and I got to work at the Nissan Open kind of all over the place. And I was just like, you know, a lowly intern. But it was really cool because... Like, I worked the pro-am, so you see, like, all the, quote, celebrities Mr. Belding played in the pro-am that year. But also, like, being behind the scenes of a PGA tournament is pretty cool. I really liked it. I also got to work. We ran, like, a program called the L.A. Watts Summer Games, which is, like, an Olympic-style sports tournament for Los Angeles high schools that took place over several weekends. And I really love... I don't know that I would love it so much at my current age, but in my youth, I loved special events. I loved the production behind the scenes of nonprofit special events and like making them happen. Mm -hmm. um, my, I worked after that for the Multiple Sclerosis Society, and their fundraiser fundraising was largely through special events like walks and bike tours. And I just love like kind of the excitement of those kind of events. I really loved that job. It was really fun. It's not something I feel like I'll ever get to do again. I worked with a lot of great people. 
Wait, but did you say it was you were a volunteer? No, I was an intern. Oh, so you still were not paid. No, I was paid. I was a paid oh. intern. Oh, very cool. Very cool. Yeah, and I mean, not much. I was a senior in college, um, and I worked there through the summer, and then I actually got a job through someone I met there, like my first out-of-college job that paid me a whopping $29,000 a year, um, but I did pay my own rent uh, with that job. Anyway, it was very fun. I have very fond memories of my time. So it was, did you enjoy like the event planning or the actual about it i liked the people that worked there i liked that i got to do a lot of different things i liked being on site at events i liked all of it and i think because i was an intern i because i got like bounced from you know project to project i got to do a little bit of everything which was fun yeah being something about like being behind the scenes at events i really enjoy that yeah I, i totally get that uh, why couldn't you do that now? I'm not maybe not now, but like in your second part of life, like oh, it's I just, just like something that would be fun to do. Spend your time. No, I could. I mean, I could get a job in nonprofit special events. The problem with that is, is the schedule typically sucks because it's not like happening in nine to five hours. And so I heard once someone say like marriages can typically support one and a half careers, right? Like if you're yeah. a marriage with children it's hard and i'm not saying it's impossible and i'm not saying there's not ways to make it work but it is hard to have two full careers in a marriage with children it's a lot of moving parts and so in my marriage i'm not the one with the career whose schedule we work around sure but i'm talking about when your children leave home and go away to college or whatever if you're looking for a job that would be yeah, I could a see nice job. myself working in that maybe or just not working. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, if I needed if I were to go back to work after my children leave home, which is not that far away. I know. Now. I know. My youngest, not even 8 years. 7 years from now, my youngest will go to college. Yeah, and I will be 48 years old and certainly not done with life. So yeah. We'll still be podcasting, baby. That is right. <laughs> Do you have an embarrassing or traumatic work story? Um not so traumatic, embarrassing mostly because um I worked at this was a position I held at the Orange Mall. It was mm-hmm. a toy store called Carl's Toys and Educational. Do you remember it? I don't. Well, first of all, the uniform was awful. I had to wear a baby pink button down with a burgundy bow tie and a burgundy apron. Oh, my. It was terrible. It was just a regular toy store, but what they sold, the educational part of it, they sold um, those like DIY rocket ships or whatever that you need for school. Yes. You know what I'm talking about? Yes. I feel I like we're building a rocket very much. Yeah. Right. So that was like the only place they sold it. And so here I am in this horrible, terrible outfit and all these kids would all from my school would come in to buy Ooh. these rockets all the time. I hated it. I hated that time of year. But otherwise it was a fun job. Other than like picking up all the toys all the time because <laughs> kids were always kids in there. Play with them. Yeah. yeah, that was terrible. But I just remember being like horribly embarrassed. Like when like the cute boy from school would come in oh, and here gosh. I am behind the register. Oh, That's my God. the advantage of working at a pottery barn in high school. None of the high school kids are coming in the pottery barn. Right. 
I mean, they were with their moms usually. You know, it wasn't yes, like that tempers it a little bit. For yeah, sure. it wasn't <laughs> like it was the cool group of boys coming in. You know, they were with their mom buying a school thing. So yeah, that definitely helps. <laughs> what about you? Mine's like I use the word traumatic loosely. It's embarrassing to me. So. Several years ago, let's say my daughter's 10, she must have been three, I applied to a, um, basically in California we have a lot of homeschool charter schools, and they hire teachers to kind of manage the caseload of the students to make sure they're staying on track because these schools are publicly funded, so the students participating in them get funds to use to purchase their materials and they have a lot of choice but they also have to meet certain state standards so they have teachers that kind of keep you on track even though you're participating in a homeschooling situation and I was hired to work for one of these schools and the way it works is the interview process is very extensive they do a phone interview then a video interview then an in-person panel interview and I understand why it needs to be so intense because you're working from home so they and They want to make sure that you're reliable and they need to vet you. And then there's kind of a long unpaid training process. I got hired and I started the training process and there were a couple of in-person meetings that you had to attend. This is all before you officially start working. And I attended one of the in-person trainings and uh, everything was, I thought, fine. And I had gotten nothing but positive feedback on the work I was completing online. And they were saying, you know, your pace is great. Like nothing but positive feedback. Everything was nice. Nobody said anything. And then I get a phone call from HR and we had to send in this huge HR packet. So I thought there was like something wrong with like, oh, you missed a form. So I'm not even like panicked now. If I got a phone call from HR, I'd be like, oh, crap, I'm fired. For some reason, that was not where my brain went. And the HR department gets on and they're like, uh, they've decided they no longer need your services. That's it. Yikes. And I was like, what? <laughs> and I like, I feel sick to my stomach. And I said, well, did they give a reason? He goes, all I can tell you is they've decided they no longer need your services. Yikes. And I had just been at training two days before and they had given us all these materials to take home. And I had a supervisor and I like called her. Of course, she doesn't answer. And I sent her an email and I just said, hey, can you offer me any feedback? I have all these materials I just took home. Like, what do I need to do with those? And she was like, you can keep them. Thank you for your service. Never got any feedback at all. So, of course, in my brain, I've decided that they just hated me upon spending time with me in person and just, like, bounced me. (laughs) I was fired. Fired before you got hired. Sick about it for weeks. I cried and I cried because this was my first like going back to work. I've done little things, but my youngest was three. Like she was going to be in preschool several days a week. I was going to be able to do this job. I was so excited. And it kind of like killed my fire to go back to work for years. Oh, totally. I'm not good enough because they fired me and they would never tell me why. Yeah, if you especially didn't get any kind of feedback on it, like that would leave me unhinged. Well, I got to think though. Okay, so your youngest was three at the time. And I feel like we started doing videos. We started working together when she started preschool. Is that yeah, right? I mean, it was fortuitous. Uh, yeah, it was either six or seven years ago. So it certainly worked in my favor. I mean, I'm happy doing what I do now, but it broke my heart. All right, guys, we're going to be right back with Megan and Wendy Approved. 
All right, guys, it is time for Megan and Wendy Approved. And as a reminder, this is always stuff we've bought ourselves, stuff that we love. We don't take placements in this section. This is just something we're genuinely enjoying. And if you want your own Approved sticker, you can grab one on our website, meganandwendy.com. Just click the shop button and you can get your own. They're so dang cute. They are. Wendy doesn't even have one. I have to bring one to her. What'd you bring today? Okay, let me start by saying that my hands are a real wreck wreck city right now like my nails are awful looking i just purchased a bunch of things off of amazon yesterday actually like nail oil and Uh all kinds of cuticles my hands look so bad like i am in desperate need of like professional help the first thing that i bought for myself because i figured i start taking care of my hands i bought super goop hand screen with spf 40 and i bought it from nordstrom Mm-hmm. And it came in a huge, uh, gosh, how big is it? 6.76 fluid ounces. It's a nice big bottle. And it came with two smaller bottles or, yeah, squeezy tubes. tubes. Yeah, that you can like throw in your bag or yeah. whatever. I keep um, one in my car. Do you? You mm-hmm. use this? Mm-hmm. I really like it because my hands are just getting hammered in the car and they're just really starting to show their age. Yeah. So the first step I'm going to do is slather them with sunscreen and then hopefully when my amazon stuff comes i will give myself a proper manicure because they look rough stuff right now so yeah the super goop is great i think our hands are an area that it's easy to forget need sunscreen and especially even if you like extend your sunscreen first of all we're not always wearing sunscreen every day right and in the winter our hands sometimes are the only thing exposed so i'm not necessarily thinking of putting on sunscreen and then you wash your hands and the sunscreen comes off so I like the idea of having, even though it can seem a little frivolous, having a separate sunscreen for your hands. My hands definitely show my age, honestly, more than any other part of my body. Well, you know what is so funny is recently they showed um, one of these Instagram accounts I follow for Bravo TV. And they showed, um, I'm not even going to say who it was, but it was one of the housewives. And they showed her hands. And holy hell, people were like, those are her hands. Those look awful. Blah, blah, blah. Because, you know, her face looks like perfection, mm-hmm. of course. So I was like, yikes, I don't want people talking about how bad or age, aging my hands look. So, yeah, I'm very vain, apparently. Oh, I my hands give me a lot of um, anxiety about the way they look. And I one suggestion i saw is if you're using something on your face to just like wipe the leftover onto the backs of your hands because if it's good oh. for your face skin then yeah kinda like if you have like a leftover retinol or moisturizer just oh. slap it on the back of your hand hot tip i like that retinol one yeah yeah good. and i actually have a retinoid that i don't love on my face so i've been trying to remember to use it on my hands just to use it up oh good idea because my hands aren't gonna break out yeah good idea very good idea All right. Well, I am going to tell you about this next thing. And look, I'm kind of glad we're not on video because I know your face is going to be. uh, I just know what face it's going to be. So, okay. I brought a book. (laughs) Did did I tell you or did I tell you? (laughs) Okay, go ahead. And the book is by Sarah J. Moss, who writes fantasy books. And I'm not sorry. Look, I'm not sorry. So this is... I'm telling you, though, I think you should give... Nope. Okay, 
Hold. I do think you would love it. Okay, I'm telling you. I'm saying it now. I think you would love the sexy fairy books. Okay, <laughs> sexy fairy. Yeah, because Wendy's always looking for the hot erotica. So <laughs> I'm telling you, I think you would love them. The series is a court of thorn and thorns and roses, and the first three books came out. <sighs> And I fell so hard for these books. And they're all like five, six, seven hundred pages. Nope. And then they're new adult. Okay. They're not young adult. They're like a like slightly too racy to be considered young adult. They are considered new adult. This is depending on how you count either the fourth or the fifth book. There's a fourth book that's like a novella. Not a lot of people count it, but this is uh, from the perspective of another character, the sister of the main character of the first three books. I love these books so much. I had kind of forgotten that, that this one was coming. It is, hold on, I need to tell you, 756 pages. I had planned, 57 pages, excuse me, I had planned to wait for it from the library, and then our friend LaShawn posted about it, and I was like, nope, gotta go, gotta go right now. <laughs> I did a Target in-store pickup, ordered it online, drove straight to the store. I have not finished it yet. I'm trying to savor it a little bit because I really just love this world. And look, if you're not a fantasy person, you're not a fantasy person, but I'm telling you that the Accord of Thorns and Roses, if you think you might be, is a great series to start with because, yeah, it's about sexy fairies. And it's not like Tinkerbell fairies. It's like super hot dude fairies. <sighs> I'm telling you, she has another series, the Throne of Glass series, which um, I have not read. Accord of Thorns and Roses is the series to start with. Accord of Silver Flames is the most recent book. I'm loving it. It's really the most joyful thing in my life. And my husband looked at the book. He goes, what the hell is wrong with that book? Why is it so long? And my husband reads a lot. So it's not that he can't read 757 pages. It's just he's like, nope, it's too much in one book. And he goes, that book better be straight porn for it to be worth it. <laughs> and I said, it's not not that. So then he was like, all right, you know, carry on. <laughs> oh, my God, that's so funny. But it's making me really happy. And there are other Sarah J. Moss fans out there, lots of them who are listening to that, this and nodding their heads. I'm telling you, brings me joy. It would take me an entire year to read that book, first of all. It really wouldn't. You can't, first of all. It's so hard to put it down. Second of all, it's quick reading. But it's like fantasy, though, right? Fairies. I can't do it. It's not. Let me just tell you, it's just not Tinkerbell fairies. I'm telling you, if you can read the first book in the series and not be swept away, you're a stronger person than I am. I'm just a dead person inside. I just don't think I can do it. They're like feminist love story adventure books. There's so much going on. Listen. If anybody Hot else has dude fairies, fine. Oh, I just don't know. If anybody has read these books, it feels like they might be life changing for me. You guys need to email the show. Email us. Let me know because I just can't. I'm saying it, and that's not enough. You need some <laughs> random stranger to tell you that you might enjoy them, as opposed to your best friend. Thank you very much. <laughs> Listen, I. I need those out there who know that I like all the murdery stuff and reality TV There's stuff. There's lots of murder. There's lots of uh, violence. Did you ever watch Game of Thrones? That's what I'm thinking it's going to be like. And that was just not my jam. I did not, actually. Well, that seems up your alley. I, I think it's too violent. Okay, whatever. I just can't. No, sorry. All right, guys. Thank you so much for joining us on this adventurous trip down memory lane. If you're a Megan, let me know how much you're loving this new book. If you're a Wendy, 
you know, go on with your murdery podcast. I can't watch that <laughs> Cecil Hotel documentary on Netflix. Oh, it was great. The elevator footage freaks me the hell out. So it's okay. You're either one of us or you're the other. But the, it explains all that stuff. Okay, so you think I can watch it without being panicked? I'm like super no. curious. No, no, you can't. You said no. I'll just oh. give. I'll give you the cliff notes. Uh, please do. I would like okay. that. So, as a reminder, send us a screenshot of your review, and we will send five of you Starbucks gift cards, guys. We would love it. Don't miss our Girls Gone Hallmark episode this Thursday, where we'll be discussing mix up in the Mediterranean. Until then, have a great week, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.